Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a soul anchor. Hold on to the hope it is a soul Hello, this is the Soul Anchor Podcast, and I am your host, Vidal Moreno. In the Soul Anchor Podcast, we seek to anchor our faith in the truths of the Bible while we sail across the sea seeking adventures where they can be found. One of the biggest struggles of my life has been contentment. When everything is going well, I find myself wanting more. When things are not going well, I want God to take it all away. I am never content no matter what situation I am in. And so, we have embarked on a book study of The Secret of Contentment by Dr. William B. Barclay. It is the complete opposite of a self-help book in that it is a study of the book of Philippians. It teaches us that we cannot have contentment based on our own efforts. I encourage everyone listening to purchase the book and study it along with me. I will include a link in my show notes. Last episode, I introduced the book and began an in-depth look at Philippians 4, 10-13. From this passage, Barclay gives us four main points that Paul is trying to communicate. We looked at the first two. First of all, you can be content. It is an achievable goal. It is attainable. Secondly, we learned that contentment cannot be bought or inherited, but must be learned. This week, we finish chapter 1 by looking at the last two takeaways from this passage. Let me read the passage again. This is Philippians 4, 10-13. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. According to Barclay, we will not be truly content until we learn to be content in every situation that we face in life. Notice that Paul says, first, that he is content in plenty and in abundance. So, we need to learn contentment in times when things are just going our way. Abundance and ease, though a great blessing, are oftentimes when we become spiritually lazy. We easily forget God and desire to pursue the things of the world, which in themselves never satisfy but only leave us longing for more. But secondly, we also need to learn contentment in times of need. A contented Christian must recognize that it is inevitable that we will encounter times of suffering and that those times are important to our walk. Remember, 
Paul knew hardships all too well. He is a prisoner as he writes this letter. Can we truly say that when we are sorrowful, we still rejoice? Bad times do come. This is true for all who live in a fallen world. Christ calls his people to suffer. Paul instructed Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.12 that all who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Recognizing the certainty of hardships helps us face them with a certain degree of contentment. The hard thing to understand is that hardships and sufferings are an important part of the process by which God molds us into the image of Christ. God uses affliction to sanctify us, to make us holy. But, here's the key concept, hard times work in this way only if we face them with a certain degree of contentment, accepting them as from the hand of God. When we cannot bear the hardships that God brings, it reveals a deeper problem in our souls. We're in spiritual danger. We must recognize God's fingerprints in every situation that we face, even when we are mistreated by sinful men. Remember the story of Joseph? When we accept all hardships as from the hand of our Heavenly Father, we grow in maturity, holiness, and contentment. Further, we must learn to be content with all types of afflictions, as well as with afflictions that last varying degrees of time. Sometimes Christians are able to endure one type of affliction, but not another. Are we willing to endure if the bad times affect our families, our jobs, or our children? Sometimes we may have to lose the things that we love the most, such as our spouse or a child. I recall the time when my favorite Christian singer, Stephen Curtis Chapman, lost his young daughter to a freak car accident. I cannot imagine what he went through, but he was able to channel all his pain into his next album, which is considered one of his best. For many of us, losing things and people that we love the most has led to anger, discontent, even a loss of faith. Have you noticed something else about bad times? They also come in bunches. Sometimes it seems like we get one body blow after another. Look at the sufferings of Job. He knew exactly how that felt. Secondly, hardships do not just come in different forms, but they also last different lengths of time. Thankfully, many afflictions come and go quickly. Others last extended periods of time. William Cowper, a great hymn writer, suffered from depression that lasted most of his life. But from those times of despair came some of the most beautiful hymns in the English language. Hymns that have brought comfort to millions of believers. The Apostle Paul suffered from a thorn in the flesh. Are we willing to persevere through these tough times by the grace of God? We have no choice whether we face hardships. The choice is whether we glorify God in contentment or dishonor Him in bitterness. Barclay teaches us that contentment comes not by finding conditions suitable to us, 
but by God's fashioning our spirits to our conditions. Finally, the last takeaway that Barclay has for us is that we should understand contentment as self-sufficiency. This is tricky and could lead to misunderstanding, so we need to explore carefully the meaning of this. The Greek word in verse 11 that is typically translated as content literally means self-sufficient. Greek philosophers used to describe what they held to be one of the chief virtues and was frequently described as non-attachment or not being dependent on others. Now, it is important to recognize that this is decidedly not what Paul means by his use of the word here in Philippians. In fact, the type of self-sufficiency that Paul is describing here is different from worldly self-sufficiency in a number of ways. First, this is not a pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps type of self-sufficiency. As we have already seen, the only way this can be attained is by the power of God. It is all a job of grace. Secondly, it is not an individualistic self-sufficiency that says, I don't need other people. The context of Philippians makes this clear. Paul recognizes the importance of the Philippians in his life and ministry. Thirdly, it is not a Stoic self-sufficiency. Stoicism was a popular philosophical system during Paul's day that essentially taught that everyone is subject to an impersonal power of fate that rules the universe. The key to life is not resisting but going along with what fate has determined. In light of this, Stoicism taught the importance of self-control and mastery of one's emotions. Simon and Garfunkel's famous song, I Am a Rock, is a perfect example of this. Let me remind you of some of the lines. I am a rock. I am an island. I will not let others affect me. And a rock feels no pain, and an island never cries. In many ways, the words of this song are a fitting description of this type of Stoicism. Although there might be aspects of Stoic teaching that have echoes in Paul, he would have stood firm against this philosophical system. Paul's letters reveal a man who understood the importance of the bonds of Christian community, who loved and needed others. So, what then does Paul mean by self-sufficiency in Philippians 4.11? In context, the idea of self-sufficiency here is that the outward circumstance do not determine us. We are content no matter where God puts us, no matter what situation. Furthermore, we do not rely on externals to bring us contentment. Instead, it comes through the work of the Holy Spirit within us. God's grace at work within our hearts gives us an inner tranquility despite outward circumstances. Let me give you an example many of us can relate to. The goal in parenting is to bring our children to the place where they are content apart from things, apart from always getting their way. 
All of us have faced the temptation and most likely given into it of giving our children things simply to make them quiet. We also, however, recognize its dangers. But adults, too, need to learn this lesson. We need to develop the contentment or self-sufficiency that is not based on externals, but comes from within. This requires God's grace, but it also requires that we engage in the spiritual training of our hearts. All of us have sinful hearts, and so all of us need the learning, training, and discipline required to achieve true Christian contentment. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the person dedicated to God may be capable and equipped for every good work. Other means, such as medication, vigorous exercise, or various diversions, can also be helpful at various times in life. But we need to recognize that these external means only content us for a time. When various sets of circumstances present themselves again, discontent returns. Our world generally settles for quick fixes to heal the discontentment of the soul. But true contentment only comes by addressing heart issues. In light of all this, we can now move toward a definition of Christian contentment. Burroughs defines it as follows. Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of mind and spirit which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. Let's unpack this definition. First, contentment is inward. We can be calm on the outside, while inside trouble and disturbances rage. Contentment must be rooted in the heart. Second, it is gracious, that is, it is rooted in God's grace, but it is also graciously responds to every situation that one encounters. Third, it delights in or finds joy in what God brings. Fourth, it recognizes that every situation that we encounter in life comes from the hand of God. We must constantly be aware of God's providence and recognize that God has ordained all things for our good and for His glory. Fifth, because our circumstances come from the hand of God, we must submit to them. The restless spirit, then, is the rebellious spirit. Sixth, we must learn, like Paul, to be content in every condition. Stop the podcast here and go back a minute to get those six points again. Okay, now, let me give you one final point. The type of contentment described in Philippians 4 reflects God's self-sufficiency. Theologians refer to self-sufficiency as one of God's attributes. 
God is not dependent on anyone. God does not need anyone or anything outside of himself. He is fully self-sufficient. Now, we need to recognize that God is the creator and we are creatures. We will never be self-sufficient in the way that God is. God has made us dependent beings, dependent on God first and foremost, dependent on others, dependent on other aspects of God's creation for survival, such as food and air and water. As our self-sufficiency reflects God's self-sufficiency, God's character is revealed in us. To put it differently, our contentment brings glory to God, and that is what we were designed to do. Therefore, that is what will bring us the happiness that we all crave. So, that is the goal of this book. And that should be the goal of our pursuit of Christian contentment, that God be glorified. Barclay finishes chapter by saying, May we achieve contentment, being satisfied in God, so that He might be glorified. Here are a couple of questions to ponder before we meet again next week. How can the Bible's teaching on suffering and affliction help you to be content in difficult times of life? How is the self-sufficiency that Paul talks about in Philippians 4 different from the self-sufficiency of the world? In what ways do you find that you rely on externals to bring you happiness? As you examine your heart, do you find that you have this quiet, sweet, gracious spirit that delights in all that God brings to you, good and bad? How can you begin to develop the mindset that all happens to us from the hand of God? If you're enjoying the Soul Anchor podcast and would like to automatically receive the podcast every time I upload an episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Soul Anchor Podcast is also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Soul Anchor Podcast Facebook page has the complete transcript of this episode. Like the page so that you can receive notifications when I post information about these episodes. I invite all my listeners to message me on Facebook or email me at vidmore at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you. I get very little feedback, and I would love to get some feedback, positive or negative. Getting back to the podcast, if you're enjoying the podcast, tell others about it and leave a five-star review, because that will allow the podcast to get more recognition in the community. Till we meet again. It's a soul anchor. Hold on to the hope it is a soul anchor. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.